الحمد لله وكفاه وصلاه على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وهو الذي جعل لكم الليل لباسا والنوم سباتا وجعل النهار نشورا سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم So this series inshallah will take place over the course of the next 10 uh, evenings after the Asr prayer now, the topic, in case uh, you haven't come across it, the, the title is 10 Habits of Highly Effective Believers. Again, 10 Habits of Highly Effective Believers. Um, the reason that um, I thought this topic would be of importance around this time of the month, so in general, we have two goals when it comes to the end of Ramadan. One goal is obvious, which is that this is when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy is very rampant, it's very pervasive. Um, and this is our opportunity to save ourselves from the fire of hell. So many of us put a tremendous amount of effort in these last 10 days, for instance, by performing i'tikaf, by being regular in salah in the masjid, we really exert ourselves in hopes that our, we'll attract Allah's mercy and consequently be freed from the fire of hell. Another objective though of the last uh, few days of Ramadan should be for us to begin to prepare ourselves for after Ramadan. Right? It, if we exert ourselves just in Ramadan and bring into our lives good habits only in the month of Ramadan, and then we leave Ramadan um, as we were before, uh, then we, all we did was worship Ramadan. We didn't actually worship Allah. Right? So we should try to uh, implement certain habits and carry these after Ramadan as well. So the intention for this gathering is every evening we'll bring forth one uh, habit that we see as consistent as a consistent practice of highly effective believers the format will be as follows so we'll we'll always begin the gathering by introducing what that habit is and look it's a habit not quality right there are people that have tremendous qualities but sometimes it's hard to bring those qualities into our life because that's just uh, a part of who they are but what we're talking about our practices that could be done on a daily basis that will make us very effective in our relationship with Allah. So the first thing that we're going to do, and this will be the format essentially of every gathering, is we will introduce the, the habit uh, or introduce a topic for that gathering. The second thing is we'll provide insights from both the Qur'an and Sunnah that emphasize why these things are important in our lives. The third is I'd like to try to relate this into a, to a into the contemporary society. You know, examples that we see around us of how people are implementing these things. It may be Muslims, it may be non-Muslims, and the benefits that they're receiving as a result of following this Sunnah. You can say indirectly. So, uh, you know, we'll find that. The experience of successful people in this world, right, regardless of their background and beliefs, um, if, we, if we look at their lives, we'll find that uh, they've used the principles that are in the sunnah to, to leverage um, and, and seek and, and derive benefit from it. Okay? And so we'll see how, uh, how they become effective because they're taking principles of the sunnah even though they don't actually intend to do so. And then the fourth piece of every gathering, I'll inshallah try to leave the gathering. Uh, leave for you this uh, in this gathering two practice points, two things that you could do and that I can do to implement it, inshallah, as we leave the month. Okay, so ten evenings, ten habits of highly effective believers. So we'll begin with the first habit, and that is 
if we uh, is waking up early waking up early this is a habit of successful people in general and we'll see in just a moment how this was the habit of the prophet sallallahu so historically if you look at people of success for instance scholars of our deen and people that have accomplished the most when it comes to our deen you will find and we say this even in today institutes of islamic learning that there's this habit of waking up early and maximizing the morning hours. Waking up early and maximizing the morning hours. And this principle applies, has applied to our scholars and people of success in our deen. But even if you look today, people that have accomplished things even from a dunyawi perspective, you can say for instance, let's say the CEOs of major companies, they all leverage the morning hours. It's a habit of all these people to wake up really early in the morning and leverage the hours that are in the morning. Now, we so that's what we're going to discuss. Now, if we look at the schedule of the Prophet right, because this is our role model, and if we are looking to be effective believers, we really don't need to look past the life of the Prophet So what was the schedule of the Prophet like? You know, did the Prophet sleep in, as many of us tend to do? Did the Prophet go to bed late, as many of us tend to do, and then, you know, burn the midnight oil, and then sleep into the late hours of the morning? What was the schedule of the Prophet like? If you look into the seerah, you'll find, that the Prophet used to wake up very early in the morning and this was his consistent practice. In fact, he would not miss a tahajjud prayer. Upon, for himself, waking up at the tahajjud time, which is before the fajr prayer, was essentially a requirement for himself, not for the ummah, but for himself. So he would start his day, his, the first thing that he would do in the morning is pray salah, pray the tahajjud prayer, and it would be early. It could be 3, 4, 5 o'clock in the morning, depending on the season. And then after the tahajjud prayer, the Prophet ﷺ was very particular about praying the fajr prayer in congregation. And then what he would recommend is sitting in the masjid, or sitting in your place of, of prayer, of fajr, sitting and waiting until the sun rose. Right? So we're talking about 2-3 hours worth of time. He would remain in his place and in the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he advised the same for us. In fact, in one hadith, the Prophet said that whoever sits after the Fajr prayer and remains in their spot in the remembrance of Allah ta'ala until the sun rises, they get the and then they pray two rak'ah of salah, they get the reward of a complete accepted hajj and an umrah. That's how valuable those early morning hours are. And today, if we look at, you know, so that was the... Uh, how the Prophet used to wake up. Now, other narrations mention that after he would do this, then he would go about working, you know, over the course of the day. You know, the Prophet he was he had an occupation, right? He had he did many things on his own. He was a trader initially. So the Prophet would then leverage those early morning hours or those later morning hours, not to go back to sleep, not to relax, but to actually then earn, you know, and demonstrate to us what it means to earn a halal income and things along those sorts. And if you look at the, the then the Prophet ﷺ, continue this until about the Dhuhr prayer, and then either before or after Dhuhr, he would take a short nap. You know, you'd get tired if you're awake from 3 o'clock in the morning, and you're staying up until noon or 1 o'clock, you're tired. So he used to take a nap, right? In today's terminology, we call this a siesta. It's common in some parts of the world. And then he would continue working until the Asr prayer. After the Asr prayer, the Prophet ﷺ, between the Asr and Maghrib uh, uh, prayer, he would interact with the community, visit the sick, etc., etc. And then between Maghrib and Isha, the Prophet ﷺ would remain in the masjid and engage in you know, different activities related to worship. 
And so the topic, again, isn't his schedule, but it's to highlight his sleep schedule. After the Isha prayer, the Prophet ﷺ would do what? He'd go to bed. He would go to bed. In fact, the Prophet ﷺ says in one hadith, uh, it comes in one hadith about the Prophet ﷺ, sorry. مَا نَامَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ قَبْلَ الْعِشَاءِ وَلَا سَمَرَ بَعْدَهَا That the Prophet ﷺ, he wouldn't sleep immediately before Isha, he wouldn't take a nap then. And afterward, he wouldn't have discussions after it. And in fact, he, and this, this hadith is narrated in Ibn Majah. In another hadith, in Sahih Bukhari, the Prophet ﷺ says to the Sahaba, he advises them, don't have discussions after the Isha prayer. In, so meaning, don't don't make this you know the social hour. Don't make this the time to begin hanging out. And that tends to be our practice today, right? Especially you know uh, amongst younger crowds and younger circles, but even older, that the hours of socializing and hanging out begin after Isha and they extend late into the night, 12, 1 o'clock. But the Prophet was particular about not socializing after that time. In fact. Um, you know, the scholars debate after the Isha prayer, did the Prophet even communicate and speak with his wives? That's, that's the debate they had because he was so, you could say, particular about this. So, if we look at his schedule, he would wake up early, maximize the morning hours, take a short nap in the afternoon, and he would go to bed early, right? Early to bed. Early to rise. This is a this is a quote of Ben Franklin, right? Who who says that you know this brings you wealth and wisdom. This is when the Prophet right? Or he was early to bed when he'd go to bed at night, and he was early to rise. And you'd see, and and, and we see how much barakah there is in our time when we try to mimic this um, Sunnah of the Prophet So, you know, the Prophet said in another hadith. Um, well, he made a dua, and this dua is narrated in um, Ibn Majah. And the Prophet ﷺ said, O oh Allah, give barakah. O oh Allah, give barakah to my ummah in the early morning hours. Or in their early morning hours. Right? Give barakah to my ummah in their early morning hours. What he intended by this uh, is that that time is a great time to earn wealth and income and make money and seek a living, we can say. In fact, there comes a narration uh, that the Sahabi that narrated this hadith uh, actually himself in practicing this, and he's the one who narrated this, he himself had become very wealthy as well. So there's a common phrase in today's society, you know, the early bird catches the worm. Have you heard of that before? Right, the early bird catches the worm. There, this is a proverb from like the 1600s or something, right? But this is a principle that was taught to us by the Prophet ﷺ many, many, many years before that. Which is that if we want to be successful, right? One, we obviously model his life. But in the context of this discussion and this habit in particular, that we start our day off early. Because there's a tremendous amount of barakah in the times, in the, in the hours before Fajr, in, let's say in the short period of time before Fajr, and the several hours that come after Fajr. Now, most of, not shouldn't say most of, many of us, you know, sleep in. But there, that's not the time to sleep. That's the time to do things, right? And it varies depending on our phase in life. You know, for instance, if we're someone who's seeking to become very close to Allah, the time to do so isn't to stay up for hours and hours and hours after Isha trying to do so. The time to do so is either right before Fajr or immediately after Fajr for the period of time afterward. Remember we mentioned the reward of a Hajj and Umrah just for sitting and engaging in Allah's remembrance. Some of us are students of, of knowledge, of, of knowledge of deen. 
this is the, the ideal time to study isn't, again, to stay burning the midnight oil after I shout prayer. It's to wake up early, 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock in the morning and study. And what we can accomplish in those one or two hours would probably take us four or five hours outside in the rest, uh, the rest of the day. Many of us are students, right? We're in college or university or we're studying. You know, and the average university student starts their studying at night. And they stay up until 2, 3 o'clock studying. There's no baraka in that time. The amount of time it takes to learn a concept at night, it might take three, four hours. If we put that time instead and put it in the morning, when the Prophet said, you know, seek a living and earn your rizq and make yourself useful, if we spent maybe an hour in the morning, we'd be able to retain the same information. Right? It, it, our memory is sharper at that time as well. Uh, it may be that we're, you know, we're, we're working, we're employees or we're employers, right? The time to earn a living is in the morning. It's not to sleep late and then wake up at 11, 12 o'clock, then, then go to work. So, uh, the t for those of us that are trying to get into shape, right, physical exercise as well, uh, the time to do so isn't late night, 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. In fact, that disrupts sleep. And I'm going to talk about that, you know, in, in the context of, of the brain and sleep physiology in a moment. But the time to work out and exercise, you'll see in, in people that are highly effective today, they do their workouts first thing in the morning. They do their workouts first thing in the morning. So, you know, it's important for us to leverage this habit that we see in the life of the Prophet You know, scientifically you know, speaking, and, and maybe because of my background, I, I, I often like to look at things from this angle as well, just to see how people have leveraged the Sunnah. There's many studies now that show the benefits of waking up early and going to bed early. Many studies that show this. And a lot have been done in the last decade. You know, for instance, one study shows that people that go to bed earlier are at a decreased risk of gaining weight. Right? The average calorie consumption is like 250 calories. This is a study in, in the journal Sleep, which is, a, which, is a very, uh, which is a journal with a very high impact factor. Um, there's are the studies that have shown, the, the meta-analysis was done like six years ago that shows that people that um, sleep late have poor academic performance. This is where they looked at scientific studies, a, 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 a bunch of scientific studies, and they did an analysis of these studies, and they found that people that sleep late have, in general, poor academic performance. Waking up early, again, these are studies, and I can share them if you're interested. Honestly, the study of the Prophet is the most important, but just to show. That there's uh, other studies that show that waking up early and people that wake up early have higher scores on life satisfaction. And sleeping late correlates with higher rates of repetitive negative thinking, RNT. It's a, it's a principle in psychology. And um, uh, in addition, people that go to bed earlier have decreased uh, and wake up er people that wake up earlier and go to bed earlier, there's a causal relationship, which I think is fascinating, between development of schizophrenia and depression. Right? These are psychological disorders and diseases, and there's a causal relationship. Not that you know people that are depressed are more likely to sleep late. No, but waking up early, actually waking sleeping in, for instance, increases your risk uh, causally of depression and schizophrenia. There's an increased risk in of breast cancer in people that sleep, this is in the British Medical Journal, BMJ, there's an increased risk of breast cancer in people that sleep late uh, at night and, and wake up late in the morning. 
uh, we talked about mental health. There is one study that looked at the mental health of people that are, you know, night owls. Night owls are people, this is like 20% of the population, people who say that they're very focused at night and they, they're more productive at night. And they, they implemented this system where they slowly shifted their sleep schedule so that they would wake up early in the morning and then go to bed earlier at night. And they found in this intervention that it decreased stress levels and it decreased depression. Um, so these are, this is pretty significant, right? And if we look in, in modern day practice, people that are highly successful from a dunyawi perspective, they all wake up really early in the morning. You know, just to give some examples, Tim Cook, you guys know Tim Cook, he's the CEO of Apple. He, he wakes up at 3.45 every morning before 4 o'clock. Before 4 o'clock every morning he wakes up. And he exercises at that time. He takes care of some emails and things like that. Jack Dorsey, he's the uh, CEO of Twitter. He wakes up, uh, he starts his day at 5.30 every morning. These are just examples of people. 5.30 every morning. And that first hour, half an hour, he's either meditating or going for a jog, i.e. he's doing dhikr or exercising, right? The, uh, the CEO of GM, Mary Barra, she's the CEO of GM, right? These are people who are deemed to be very effective in their own domains and disciplines, is in the office at 6 o'clock every morning. Um, Kobe Bryant, you know, it said about his schedule, you know, arguably one of the best basketball players. Uh, he used to be in, gym, in the gym at 6 o'clock every morning on his own, right? Because practice didn't start till 10.30 in the morning. He was the first person he'd be in the gym working out, preparing himself for practice that would occur later in the day. And there's a book that's uh, it's called My Morning Routine. It's probably worth the read. And it talks about, it, it, it selects like 64 highly successful people in the world and what their morning routine is like. And what, uh, one common theme that's across every single one of these individuals is that they would all wake up very early in the morning. So we, we obviously, the reason I'm bringing this is because, again, these people have leveraged what's present in the Sunnah of the Prophet And if we leverage what's present in the Sunnah of the Prophet as well, we too will become highly effective. So we should reflect upon this and look at our sleep schedules. You know, some people have the argument that, you know, I'm just a night owl. I can't, you know, if I try to wake up in the morning, then I'm just tired, I'm groggy, I'm ineffective, I'm unproductive. There's no way you can change my schedule. Um, you know, there's a subset of people that actually have what's called a sleep uh, sleep phase sleep uh, wake phase, sorry delayed sleep wake phase disorder, where they their circadian rhythm is programmed such that they they actually can't do that. But that's a minority, and even those people, there's ways to bring their schedule up. But for most people, it's behavioral, meaning it's because of the 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 you can say the. Um, the community they're around or the influences that are around them. For instance, college students by and large tend to stay up at night. Isn't, it's not because they all have a, a sleep disorder. It's because this is what the habits of college students are. Anyways, the point is that even people that think they can't actually accomplish this and start waking up and staying up in the morning, it's doable. It's doable and it's proven to be doable as well. So I'm going to conclude with just two practice points. Um, and they're honestly very straightforward because this, you know, this discussion is very straightforward. And that is the first practice point is that you know, in order for us to try to wake up early, we have to go to bed early. So ideally, we should try to go to bed soon after the Isha prayer, as was the habit of the Prophet as well. We should try to go to bed early. Um, rather than you know trying to stay up and burning the midnight oil. Now in the summertime, this becomes a challenge. Isha isn't until 11 o'clock, but certainly when you know Isha is eight, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, these things are very doable. So we should try to make it a habit that we try to limit our activities after Isha prayer 
and that we try to go to bed early. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I recognize that Ramadan is a bit different, right? And it's hard to implement this in Ramadan, but certainly after Ramadan we can. So that's the first practice point, is that we should try to go to bed early. Now, you might say, well, if I go to bed early, I'm just going to lie in bed until for three, four hours, I'm not going to fall asleep. Well, the solution or the way to fix that is to one morning wake up extra early, four o'clock in the morning, and if you need to that morning, drink a strong cup of coffee or a double shot espresso or something and stay up. Guaranteed, if you stayed up, you know, by eight, nine o'clock, your eyes are going to be, you know, like this. You're going to be nodding off. So you just reset your schedule. It, it takes a few days, but over over the course of a week, your schedule has been reset. So the first practice point is to try to go to bed early, as the Prophet advised. The second practice point is to be particular about praying Fajr in the Masjid and beginning activities immediately after Fajr in the Masjid. Schedule things, force yourself to do things in your schedule after Fajr. So it may be that if you're a student, schedule classes soon in the morning, 8 o'clock in the morning, rather than at 11 or 12 o'clock, because now you're forced to have to stay up. If you have a work schedule, rather than start work day at 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning, uh, make it so that you have to start soon after the Fajr prayer, so that you're forced to have to stay up in those hours and leverage the benefit that the Prophet ﷺ mentioned. So these are two practice points. One is that we should try to go to bed early. Uh, and the second practice point is to try to come to the masjid for Fajr and tie in an activity right after that, be it work, be it exercise, be it dhikr, or be it memorization of Qur'an, be it uh, studying, etc., etc. So this uh, is tough in Ramadan, but hopefully after Ramadan we'll be able to implement this. So again, just to uh, summarize then, the, the, the habit of the first habit of people that are highly effective, we see this universally, and, and certainly we see this in the life of the Prophet uh, is to uh, start our day early in the morning. So to wake up early. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the tawfiq to, to benefit from the uh, Qur'an and the teachings of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to implement these beneficial habits into our lives. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to make the most of these last few days of Ramadan. So these gatherings are intended to last maybe about 20 minutes after Asr. Today was the first one, so it took a little longer. Inshallah, we'll try to remain consistent in this until the end of uh, Ramadan. These are also live streamed online. So if your families are interested and want to listen online, these are all live streamed at the same time online. And then the recordings are posted uh, by the following day. Uh, وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين